The Premiere On Podcast is brought to you today by our friends at Java Remix. Java Remix is the perfect blend of 100% organic Arabica coffee infused with nano-emulsified CBD. Cannabidiol, or CBD, is fast gaining a reputation as a remedy to treat everything from anxiety to depression, inflammation to acne. And now it's available in your morning cup of Java. Go to javaremix.com right now and browse through their available products. Java Remix offers traditional ground coffee as well as single-serve K-cups in both regular and decaf. And if you aren't a coffee person, Java Remix also offers CBD-infused teas, bath bombs, and body scrubs. And for our Prove Me Wrong listeners, go online right now, that's javaremix.com, and enter the promo code PROVEMEWRONG for a 20% discount off your entire shopping experience. And Java Remix also offers free shipping on all orders over $40. Once again, that's javaremix.com. Promo code prove me wrong. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Prove Me Wrong podcast. I am your host, Pete Lieb. I'm glad you're all on board again with me today. It's technically a paranormal podcast week, but we are going to have a little bit of fun with it today. The Premier On podcast is going to the movies. Similar to the My Favorite Album podcasts that we've done in the past, you know, I have a lot of interests here on the podcast. It isn't just conspiracy theories and ghost stories. Uh, you know, sometimes I like to have some fun, give an opinion, flex our muscles a bit as public influencers, right? Really because all you need is a microphone and a platform. And you're an influencer, so that's what I'm trying to do. So, today my guest and I have watched and are prepared to review a couple of recent movies, quote-unquote horror movies. My guest today is cinema buff, entrepreneur, pest control expert, media mogul, and all-around bullshit artist, Dale Baker. (laughs) Thank you, Pete. It's great to be here. No problem, man. Dale's a friend of mine from way back when we wore short pants. I'm happy to have him join me today on the podcast. (laughs) Um, right on and depending tremendous honor right this may be a reoccurring show depending on how he does so i'm rooting for dale obviously (laughs) let's assume it's not going to be then all right congratulations it certainly is touch and go so welcome dale and uh, how's it going tremendous thank you pete like i said it's a tremendous honor to be here i'm really excited it's always good to speak with you and catch up and absolutely uh, you know we've been talking about movies for a long time so it's kind of cool to let other people hear us argue about pictures. I like it. I, I agree 100%. So to to reset for the listening public, what we did was we decided to go through, ended up being three movies, and we just narrowed it down to horror just, just to give ourselves a genre for the first go out there. I suggested one movie, Dale suggested the other two, and we'll kind of go down through them and and give our recommendations, give our review debate a little bit whether or not you know you like mine i like yours whatever whatever we think it is i have also uh initiated what i call the dale diamond scale so you know five diamonds being you know gone with the wind one diamond being something else something much more (laughs) terrible than that how do you want to start do you want to start with one of yours first you want to start with mine first i'll let the guest pick well gee whiz the guest would the guest always relinquishes control to the host. So, uh, as in chess, uh, you know, smoke before fire, okay. et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So, all right. So then we'll do, 
we'll do the one that I chose first. And what I had asked Dale to watch was a movie called Hereditary, and it was a 2018 drama thriller. It was directed by Ari Aster. He's also the same gentleman who directed Midsummer. It came out, I think, last year. Um, same type of genre, same type of movie, uh, but but different for sure. So the summary of the movie Hereditary goes like this. When the matriarch of the Graham family passes away, her daughter and grandchildren begin to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry, trying to outrun the sinister fate they have inherited. So some backstory. My daughter and I, Lauren and I, watched this when it first came out, and we're just absolutely blown away by it, personally. It stars Tony Collette, who is, if you don't know the name, is the mother from The Sixth, the Sixth Sense. She's been in a, a ton of movies. I know you've seen her face. Gabriel Byrne plays her husband. He was, uh, again, another one of those actors you've seen his face a thousand times. He was in The Usual Suspects. And then there were a couple of kids that I, I was not familiar with. Um, Alex Wolf and Millie Shapiro are the, are the cast. So I'll give a little rundown, Dale, give my thoughts, and then we'll let you jump in, okay? So mm -hmm. the movie starts with the death of the matriarch, the grandmother of the family. And through kind of some of the exposition and some of the, you know, the opening scenes, you could tell that there was a strained relationship between the mother and daughter. And they didn't get along well. They didn't have much of an uh, uh, interactions between them, not much of a relationship. And then after she passes, things start to happen that kind of gives the main character, her name is uh, Annie, give her some insight into maybe what her mother was doing previously. Um, to me, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, which is weird, because maybe there's somebody who hasn't seen the movie. It's essentially about witches, right? I mean, that's that's basically what it, what it ends up coming out to be. But... Pete, I, I hate to interrupt you, but we're going to have to do spoilers on this thing. There's we're no have to. way. Yeah, there's no way we could talk about these movies. So just let's Should, say this. Go ahead. If you haven't seen this movie, stop listening and then put this put this podcast on after you've had a chance to watch it. It's free. Come on. It's on Prime. Let's go, people. Uh, you're absolutely right. OK, so spoilers then. There are spoilers ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I was trying to think about that earlier. How was I going to get through talking about it without actually giving anything away? Um, right. For me, on the Dale Diamond scale, I'm just going to start there. For me, on the Dale Diamond scale, this movie is probably a four. Yeah, I mean, I think that for a horror movie, there were some parts in this movie that were scary as hell. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think that majority of it was Toni Collette. Her... Mm -hmm she essentially plays a woman that is descending into some type of madness. At least that's the, mm -hmm. the feeling you got. You couldn't tell. They did it so beautifully that you couldn't tell if she was going mad or if she was being manipulated or if what she was seeing was real or was not until, mm -hmm. until you realized it was, right? Until, until you get to the end and you realize, oh, shit, that is real. And now it's right. even more terrifying. But, but and Pete, I hate to interrupt. Go ahead. But, and because I, I, I was thinking about this movie when we started talking about it. And then of course I rewatched it and I thought to myself, this is, you know, the second time I watched it, I sort of saw some other things that I didn't really pick up the first time. And again, so the reality is, is it 
her reality or is this some other alternative reality that's happening or and 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 one of the big things that i think that you'll that i'd like to get your input on is how much of uh how much when things started going bad how much of that was she actually doing herself um as as you said obviously you know this thing starts to get you know descend mm-hmm. into into madness but there's at some point i asked myself during the second viewing oh wait um she she could be really making this happen um but l- let me let me go backwards i want to say a couple things about sure. this thing because look I, on those on the diamond dale scale i'll tell you what fella i said right here I'm going to give this thing a four stars as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Four diamonds, I should say. The, and five stars is always reserved for magnificence. Let's, can we agree to that? We can agree to that. Yes. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. So now we've agreed that we are cool with spoilers. Let's start from the rip and talk about this bugger because there's so much crazy stuff happening. And it's like, at what point does do the do the wheels fall off at what point does it say okay that's getting kind of weird and because there's so many crazy parts to this movie the last that i'm go ahead yeah i mean just saying the last hour of it um your you your stomach hurts i mean the last hour of it it's so tense you know, so intense and so stressful that you feel like your body has clenched it's like the entire body muscle has clenched yeah. there's so much tension every scene gets progressively ha- more haunting more scary, more uh, disgusting. I, don't, I mean, it's just yeah, graphic, graphic um, to the very end where it's just you just cannot believe what you're seeing anymore. Uh, right. So yeah, I think that the beginning of the movie, the first hour of the movie, up until uh, the incident with Charlie, with the the main little girl, up until mm-hmm. that point, uh, you know, it's 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 laying the groundwork, it's laying the foundation, and they did it right in this movie. It was a two hour movie. They spent the first half hour giving you the backstory, really building these characters, showing you what the they who they are, what they've been through, allowing you to to kind of get a sense that you know them, and so that when the shit happens later, you definitely kind of feel like you've known these characters, and so now you're you're seeing, oh my, oh my lord, what's what's going on? Mm-hmm. It really turns once Charlie has her accident. I mean, and that was so. I mean, tell me the first time you saw that that didn't just blow your mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I assume actually I knew we were going to talk about this part because frankly, this is shock at its yes. finest. I mean, there, I can't think of another picture where you're just, you know, plodding along, assuming, uh, this is going to be one of these kind of like horror movies mm-hmm. that, you know, you've heard about. And, and, and by the way, let's, let's take a step back. I mean, I, I saw this in the theater and I remember how divisive, the reviews were some people <laughs> yeah. were just like, Oh wow, this is amazing. And some people were like, this is the dumbest movie ever. And did, I mean, did you have that experience too, where you had seen some of the reviews before you even went into it? I did not. Um, I saw it at home. You know, my, my daughter Lauren had said that she had, had some friends who said it was good. I saw a trailer for it and I said, Ooh, that, that looks spooky as hell. And that's really where, where we went on it. So I went in without any preconceived notion of what it was about or what it was. It was just something that, you know, Lauren and I, we like to sit and watch movies. And so that was kind of our thing to do. And um, we picked that one because in October, during the month of October, we do a, the entire month, we do horror movies pretty much every night. 
we just That's awesome. do one scary movie after another every night. And this was during October and it was a new horror movie. And so we decided we're going to watch it. And right so on. that's how I saw it. But yeah, right up until that point, it was just a nice slow burn. There was really just a bunch of people being cranky and aggravated mm-hmm. with each other. As soon as that point hit, then the, then the movie started. And yeah, then the shit started happening. Tony Collette, like I said, I've never seen an actress emote so much through her facial expressions and through her actions as I saw with her. I mean, I thought it was a, I mean, just a brilliant performance from her. I mean, you just, Agreed. you, you believed it. You felt her 100% that Agreed. she was losing her fucking mind. And then, yes. and then you realized near the end, she wasn't actually re- losing her mind. They were manipulating her the whole time uh, mm-hmm. until she's finally, I don't know what the end, I don't know what the hell happened at the end there. When, <laughs> when she's like hanging up in the middle in the corner of the room, I mean, I'm sure you saw that when you first walked in, when he first walked into the room and saw his father laying there. And then you looked yeah. over his shoulder and saw her in the back corner. It's like, how the hell did she get up there? Cause up to that point, yeah. there was nothing really supernatural that had happened. And then right. all of a sudden, all bets are off, all kinds of supernatural shits going down. And mm-hmm. oh my God. Um, so, <sighs> Maybe I jumped ahead. Maybe I jumped ahead of myself. No. <laughs> I, I like the movie so much uh, that it, it's hard for me to say uh, really anything bad about it. I, I, I don't. The only thing right. I didn't like about it was that was the boy. I thought the boy was a little bit annoying. But oh my god, are you kidding? The kid was fantastic. I what didn't say he wasn't fantastic. It? I just said he kind of annoyed me. But so uh, he was an effective actor. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And uh, that's well, that's fair. So he effectively emoted something that irritated you. But his something about his character is you you did not like you didn't I think you've probably listen I Pete I've known you for a long time you're very <laughs> intelligent very handsome very brave oh boy you know so so I think when you see a character who is going against your natural inclinations you're you're probably show some distaste and I think maybe that's what happened because you know let's let's face it I mean he's a millennial kid. He, his, uh, was his grandmother just passed away. Uh, and then, um, the 25 minute in issue happens to Charlie. Mm. So that happens. And then obviously, uh, you know, he goes down this path and don't forget. And again, this brings up what the role of the mother was, um, when she remember she was sleepwalking and Mm -hmm. she was doing things. So, and, and it's been going on. So she tried to kill him years and years ago. Okay. So it's not just like, oh, the, you know, the grandmother died. There's this witch thing happening, blah, blah, blah. So we don't know how much uh, Tony Collette was involved with this or her character. And, and that was something I thought, man, that, that really kind of put a twist on it. And if you really watch that again and you look at it in a different way, like what, how much involvement did she have in this? And was she part of any of this planning? And, uh, you know, un, you know, maybe subconsciously or or maybe she was being manipulated. We don't know. But um, her instead of just like a, like a passing uh, uh, a character that things are happening to, I think she may have had more of a role now that I really got down and thought mm-hmm. about it. But um, and, and you're right. We are going to jump around a lot of this because there's this this movie is the equivalent of uh, house of pain jump around i mean there's just there's so many parts that you just start thinking about and then all of a sudden it leads to another part so i think we could we're gonna have to agree that 
there's no linear discussion here. This is we're talking about the movie. We both really enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, I think if we start off and we agree that this is you know we're going to spoil it, but at that that 25 minute thing in that happens to Charlie mm-hmm. is so shocking and it really tells you the audience member that you're not at a regular horror movie anymore you're not at uh your your father's horror movie this is something super new and pretty smart and very shocking um i mean it was yes and and again i I wouldn't want to say that because i just want people to see it for themselves and and be surprised by it but when mm -hmm. it happens you're right It, it goes against really any thing you've ever seen before. It really does. I mean, it goes against anything you've ever seen. You've gotten to a point now where, just to use an example, anytime some there's a certain camera angle and they're in a car and they're driving in a cross street, you know there's going to be a car that comes and hit them in the cross street. You know what I mean? The first time right. you saw You're, that, that was new and it was it was novel. Now we've seen it in every movie and right. every television show in the world. It's no longer new. So there's been so many movies and so many visuals that it's hard to find something that shocks you in a new way. And that shocked me in a new way. And there were a couple of scenes like that, quite honestly, that shocked me in a new way. When he, when, when, um, when the boy goes, I can't remember what his name was, but when the boy goes up into the, Um, in the attic and he's, you know, yelling at his mom, just please stop. And you hear the banging on the attic door. And then it shows you that she's on the ceiling, banging her head against the door (laughs) again, just shocked you in, an, in a way that you haven't seen before. I just like, oh my God, mm-hmm. that's brilliant. That's just so awesome. And then somehow she gets into the attic anyway. I don't know how she got right. in there, but there she is up in the attic. Um, so, I mean, scares galore. Uh, if you For do, sure. I mean, like you said, it, it's got just enough gore to it to appeal to people who like that kind of thing. It's got some supernatural parts to it. It's not just... Um, you know, it's not a slasher type movie. It's it's very supernatural. It's got a little bit of ghost action or quote unquote going on in there. It really has everything. It's incredibly well-rounded. Uh, and at the end, there's a payoff. There is actually a payoff at the end because they don't just tease you with all these things and then it's left ambiguous. They give you right. a very clear understanding of what the resolution was and what happens. So mm-hmm. I, so I, I appreciated that because sometimes you see those movies and there's no payoff. You know, something, right. something, oh, it, it, they leave it gray. They leave it up to your interpretation. There was no interpretation there. It told you exactly how it ended. And I actually appreciated it. Oh, I, I absolutely appreciated the ending. And uh, I, to get to the ending, though, uh, there was a lot of pieces that I, that I know you, you briefly touched on. But I think the thing that I really thought was fantastic was there, it was thrilling. Mm-hmm. I mean, thrilling, almost it was like a thriller. So it's like, it, it, it has, um, a new horror vibe that was smart. There's it's thrilling. It's horrific. I don't know if you've, I, I mean, I, I couldn't compare this to anything, uh, other than the exorcist or, mm-hmm. or the, the feeling you had the first time you saw the exorcist, you know, um, that being said, <laughs> I, you know, and I know you don't want to give too much away for folks who haven't seen it. So we are given some spoilers, but, uh, what happens to Tony Collette uh, at the end? At the very end, yeah. Yes, uh, was probably the finest moment that horrors had in many, many years. I think uh, there's there's no way to, to to not spoil that, but it's so it is so fantastic that it's 
it's shocking. Well, like I said, every scene got more and more disturbing. Somehow they con- he continued, this director continued to double down on it. Somehow mm-hmm. you kept seeing these visions and these other uh, imagery that you just hadn't seen before. You hadn't seen somebody do that to themselves before, really. Yeah. In that right. in that way. And it, every time for the last, again, the last 40 minutes of that movie, you you couldn't take your eyes off it. You couldn't breathe. Your stomach hurt because it was clenched the whole time. You have your hands over your face and at some point. You, you know, you don't want to see what's coming next because you know it's not going to be good. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know it's you not just know be it. good. You knew it yeah. wasn't going to be good. Uh, you know, yeah. so, I mean, it was just brilliantly done, I thought. And and um, yeah. so I went to see Midsummer, which was his next movie after that, because I was hoping yes. for him to recapture that in a bottle. And Midsummer yes. was good, but it, I don't know if you've seen it, but it wasn't yes. even close to as good to me as what this movie was. This movie was. I think it was. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, the only thing I was going to say is I, I, I think it was different. Yes, I, absolutely. I mean, this, this was a, this is like his first movie, I think. Okay, so he comes out of the box with something new, fresh, exciting, divisive, thrilling, dramatic. It was, it was really good. I mean, it, it was excellent. Okay, mm-hmm. so the second one, I, you know, what do you do to top that? Frankly, uh, I don't well, how know. About a, how about a horror movie set in daylight and the and, and like you're talking about the anticipation for Midsummer to me was greater than the anticipation I was feeling at Hereditary. Like because at this point for Midsummer, you know, you're sort of familiar with, you know, these kids go away, they do something, they go away, and all of a sudden, you know, these things start happening. Mm-hmm. But you know, because none of them put the brakes on and and stopped, it just keeps getting you know it keeps getting faster and faster and faster and faster. So, I think that was um, probably it was. I actually liked that one more than I liked uh, Hereditary. I think I would give that one a, a four point one, and Hereditary with a four point. Frankly, hmm. well, there you go. Our first disagreement of the night. So yes, because <laughs> it's a throwdown now. Uh, no, because quite honestly, if I had made Hereditary first, I would have made a comedy after. I mean, I I, I find it hard to to top that movie. You know, because then you're saying, what are you going to do now? I, I would have done a comedy. I would have done something different. I mean, just something completely different. Because I've already bottled that lightning. I can't get yeah. it twice. But right. but I, I mean, like I said, I liked Midsummer as well. So right. uh, I think that you and I both uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I would recommend it for sure to anybody who enjoys that kind of horror. I think it is the best horror movie that I've seen in 10 years. Uh, and I can't think Ooh. of a mo- horror movie that I've seen better than that in 10 years. And I can't yeah, even I think of the so. one that I made. I can't even think of the one that was 10 years ago. That was better. Quite honestly, I just, hmm. I just saying it, but yeah. Um, just for the sheer, just unnerving scare. You're not sure what the hell's going on. I'm not afraid of slashers. I'm not afraid of guys with knives coming into the room. I feel like I could fight that guy. I right. I am afraid of the things that I can't see. I'm afraid of the things that are, you know, untouchable, but they can touch mm-hmm. you. Then that's what we had that in spades in this movie. You know, things that you couldn't control, things that you couldn't touch, but they were still coming after you. And that's the kind of shit that, that scares me. So I, I love those kind of movies. Right on. Yeah. Right on. And I, I've heard you and Lauren talk about a couple of the pictures that you guys watched, and uh, it does sound like that's your go-to when it comes to stuff like, obviously, the 
slasher is just like, eh, it's kind of been done already. And let you know, it's like, how, how bloody, how, how can you get right versus like, you know, do something that hits me in the nerves. Yeah. After the original Halloween, I mean, the rest of them were all just a, a variation of Halloween. I mean, after the original Halloween, then there wasn't a whole lot left to do in that, right. in that genre, but they've been making those movies for 40 years. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. No doubt. I mean, I think you can always get be fresh and original with with a movie like Hereditary because you can always go a different way with something that, that you can't actually yeah. see. You can't put your fingers on it. So, no. 2018, Nick Cage. We're going to move on. Yes. 2018, yes. Nick Cage. In a lot of faces yes. that you know, but names that I guarantee you cannot put your finger on. You cannot name any of those characters in that movie, any of those people in that movie, but I guarantee you've seen six or seven of them in several movies, right? I mean, right. we're talking about Mandy. It was, again, a 2018, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I'd call it a horror movie. It was more just a revenge flick to me. But so Linus Roche, Bill Duke, Bill Duke's probably the only person that you actually knew, the guy from Predator, you know, the, the black guy mm -hmm. from Predator, if you've ever seen Predator. But like I said, uh, really? it has a lot of characters in there, a lot of character actors that you've seen around. So there's a good cast. And I'll just let me give you the, the rundown of this too, since I don't have the, uh, the trailer on hand to play. Yeah. In, the, in the Pacific Northwest in 1983, outsiders Red Miller and Mandy Bloom lead a loving and peaceful existence when their pine-scented heaven is savagely destroyed by a cult led by a sadistic Jeremiah Sand, Red is catapulted into a phantasmagoric journey filled with bloody revenge and laced with deadly fire. So that's Mandy. Do you want to go ahead and start on Mandy? Tell us about Mandy, Dale. Well, let me just say, I absolutely loved Mandy. Okay. And, and I, I recommended this basically. I thought it, it had a lot of horror elements. Uh, it's got a lot of fantasy elements mm -hmm. after you've seen it. It's got a lot of like psychedelic to it. It's got an amazing soundtrack. It's super. It, that, that is an, its own character. It's so good. And of course, Nikki Cage, his best performance since Valley Girls. I mean, no one can take that away from him. This, there's so many great moments with him in this. It's fantastic. But the visually, it's gorgeous. I mean, you could just look at any frame of this and just think, wow, that that is so well shot. And like I said, like we talked about earlier, there's no, it's not this like super cookie cutter thing. Okay, here's your good guy. Here's your bad guy. Uh, then here's the arc. And then these guys go through this struggle. It's like, it just goes way off the rails. And, and that's what I loved about it. It was, it was just like nutty, super nutty, absolutely gorgeous. Music's fantastic. Acting, awesome. I mean, at times it was crazy, just super crazy. That's my thoughts on it. Dale Baker's going to give that one 4.2 because I liked it way more than I liked a lot of other things that I had seen in 18, and absolutely, I did enjoy that more than I liked Hereditary. You are going 4.2 Dale Diamond Scale for Mandy, 2018. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, let me say, let me start this way. I will agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to agree. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with where I agree with you, because I do agree that it may be Nick Cage's best um, best role since The Rock or Con Air, something like that in the mid-90s, which I love those those films of his. Maybe Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona was 
probably oh, to that, me, was that was his best right. his best role that to was me. his that was his zenith yeah he, he's never been to the top of that mountain again but no. this type of movie definitely fits his character fits kind of who he is yeah i agree with you it was beautiful shot for shot it was a beautifully shot movie there were some very good scenes in the movie and yeah, I mean, the, the soundtrack was just psychedelic enough that it was definitely entertaining. So all those things mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with. I do think, to me, though, I think it was more style than substance if I'm watching it. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, this is, to me, this is the absolute opposite of Hereditary in the standpoint that it was also a two-hour movie. They're basically the exact same length, and I didn't know one thing about Red or uh, his lady, Mandy, I didn't know one thing about either one of those characters. Didn't know anything about them. So whereas the first half hour of Hereditary built that family and built what their what their relationship was, Red and Mandy, you never you never figured it out. And right. for those of you again, spoilers are ahead. So if you haven't seen Mandy, turn off right now, go watch it and then come back. Um, <laughs> you don't <laughs> I didn't understand why he cared so much that they killed her. Because there was nothing built up in between to begin with. So uh, that was where I kind of got lost a little bit on it because they did, they made sure that those first half hours were filled with really long four or five minute shots of her walking through the forest and, and crazy psychedelic music and changing camera angles and light and lighting and, and, you know, looks like they spilled paint on the film to make it nice and pink and blue. And it was beautiful aesthetically, but it didn't, but it didn't move the story. To me, it was just a it was just a scenery shot, and then she he, she sees the cult. The guy decides he wants her. Don't really know why. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really tell you why, other than she looked at him. You know, she looked at him, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta have her." Which could yes. just that could be it. He maybe he's just that damn crazy. It, that happens. Yes, could uh, happen to anybody. Could have happened to anybody, right? So yes, so that he decides he wants her. Mm-hmm. So then they they summon. Who the fuck are these things they summon? This this biker gang, I don't yes. know what the hell that is. There's <laughs> there's really there's really no uh, there's no backstory for that. You got about a five minute exposition from Bill Duke later, the black guy later, who said, "Well, I saw them once from afar." You know, of course mm-hmm. you did because if you saw them close up, they probably would have killed you, right? So <laughs> he saw he saw them once from afar, but they just show up. They show up. They help subdue him, Red. They help abduct Mandy, but they really don't abduct Mandy because they're still in the same house. All they did was basically just take Red out to the backyard. So, and then they kill her, right? They they kill her, and then that's what sets off the revenge. And then from that point on, yes. the movie's awesome from that point on because it's just him kicking mm-hmm. one ass after another. So it's great mm-hmm. to watch him just beat ass. You know, anybody, I could I'd watch that for two hours, no biggie. But I just, um, but my my shortfall in it was the fact that I didn't know, one, what their relationship was. Two, when the fuck did he learn how to be a blacksmith? You know, there's this whole montage of him literally, you know, you're the best around. You know, there's him doing a, while he's hammering out this this weapon that he's going to use. Where the hell did you get those skills, Red? Nothing in the movie has shown me that you could be a blacksmith. Where's this blacksmith? Where are you getting, where's he even doing it? I couldn't even kind of place where he was, you know, blacksmithing. So right. he's just suddenly there, and he blacksmiths this perfectly beautiful, incredibly violent-looking weapon. And then he just goes out and just starts whooping ass, and he's some kind of 
uh, Green Beret Navy SEAL fighter. But I've never seen anything up to that point to give me the impression that he should be doing that. That's all I'm saying okay. about it. But, I mean, I was entertained. I was entertained by the movie for sure. But um, mm -hmm. not to the point where I would give it 4.2 Dale Diamond scale. I would have gone more like 2.5 on the Dale Diamond scale. Oh, ouch. Meaning that it was entertaining. I did not feel like I wasted two hours of my life, for sure. Okay. But it, but it just had a few holes that if they had cut some of those five-minute scenes of her walking through the forest to maybe one-minute scene and then taking the other four minutes and giving them some exposition together. I mean, Red and Mandy never even talked, as far as I could tell. There were there was probably like there was probably like four pages of dialogue between them in the first hour of the movie. Uh, oh my god! I'm just telling yes. you that that's what All kept right. sticking out to me was that who are these people and why does he love her? You you know he does a lot of shit for her throughout the end of the movie, and I just never understood why. Well, okay, go ahead now. I've, I've decompressed. Okay, good, good, good. I'm I'm glad you got that off your chest. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> look. Okay, let, going back to the original concept. Let's, All right, let's go ahead. consider this a, a fairy tale or a fantasy. Yes. Okay. And so, where does where we start off? Where Red is? He's a lumberjack. Yes. And he's cutting down a tree. Okay. How? Like what? A, what? A, what other reference to an old fairy tale could you get other than starting off with a lumberjack in the middle of the woods and then he goes home to his wife and et cetera, et cetera. So like, I feel like I didn't need a lot of background, uh, for, for this, for this, to me to understand that, you know, this was like a classic type, uh, uh, character it is same thing with with her where she's an artist and she's working on things they have this relationship they live in the middle of nowhere uh don't forget when he was on the helicopter when they after they got picked up uh from the from logging one of the guys asked him if he wants a beer he turns it down he says no which which I, to me is a hint that says he's had alcohol problems in the past uh, you know, these two aren't spring chickens, so clearly they met at a bar or met at AA or something when there's another reference to that later in the movie. So I do see this as a mature relationship, but a loving, mature relationship. They're talking about planets. What's your favorite planet at one point? Again, I agree with the aesthetic part of it. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's a lot of aesthetic. And sonically, that's the other piece of this thing. It's That's this entire other character that i felt was super involved with like every piece of this like anything that was happening you could kind of feel what was happening with the visuals and that sound was just incredible but um i, I get what you're saying where you didn't feel like there was a relationship that was built up in ways that hereditary was now of course two way different movies uh they're they're both thrilling they're both have uh, horror to them uh, and, and frankly, they could even be both mysterious at some point. Um, that being said, when we start talking about the fantasy component, I really feel that it's it was easy for me to just go along with these magical monsters that were coming into this uh, other world. I mean, you had the feeling that it was 1983 mm -hmm. uh, on Earth, but we don't really know. You know, I mean, we don't we don't know. Nobody explained that to us. And so we're all under the impression that it's the reality that we're used to. And so these things cannot happen. Or if they do, then we have to question them or at least, you know, look outside of what's real. 
And so when he goes down this path and makes his own sword axe device, you know, within, you know, like say a montage of one <laughs> song <laughs> and, um, and we don't have any background on him. You know, we don't know. And again, in that world, maybe everybody just makes their own axes. Who knows? You know, I mean, there's so many pieces that that don't necessarily need to stack up like exactly alike. And, and I feel like that's part of the deal. It's like you don't get all the pieces of the puzzle. There's a couple pieces missing and you get to fill them in with whatever you want. And to me, I love that whole aspect of it. Well, I guess Almost if like, I was if I was digging real deep, I could say the fact that he was a lumberjack in the Pacific Northwest means he must have had a troubled background because nobody is a lumberjack in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> unless they're running from something. So he's running from something. Yeah. And yeah. she and they were nice enough to give her some type of scar on her face to make me mm-hmm. um, surmise that maybe she was in an abusive relationship in the past. And right. so now he's yeah. her man. You know, you know he's taking mm-hmm. care of her. Um, yeah. If you, you want me to really start getting into the nonverbal cues... Of, of mm-hmm. what they had. But um, yeah, I'm not expecting them to be, those two movies to be similar in any way. I'm, I'm more just, I like to have some type of actual, uh, like I said, even if they even spent as much time as they spent on him building the axe on mm-hmm. just their, their history and their background. And they did it much better. Actually, they did have that one scene way late in the movie after he'd already killed everybody else. Right. And they finally had that scene where he met her. You know, and mm-hmm. finally flesh them out a little bit, but it was way mm-hmm. too late at that point. You know, you know, do that scene. That scene would have been significantly more effective to me earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the movie, oh. maybe even while he's sifting through her ashes. You know, he they flash back oh. to that scene. Do you know what I'm saying yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that gives that more weight. Absolutely. Otherwise, right. You're saying it in retrospect. This is this is a moment, and I, yes. that's a curious point. I'd have to rewatch it to see when that actually happened. It happened when, the, yeah, it happened when he got back in the car after he after was. he'd killed the cult leader. He'd gotten into the station wagon mm-hmm. about to drive away, and he's losing his mm-hmm. mind now because there's nobody left to kill, and he's mm-hmm. successfully revenged her. But now, what do I do? That's kind of the the feeling I was getting from him. Mm-hmm. And then he looked over into the passenger seat, and there was her apparition, I think. And then mm-hmm. they yeah. they cut back to that scene with them meeting. That scene with them meeting would have been so much more uh, impactful to me if it was while he was, um, you know, like I said, sifting through her ashes. Something right. like that. And you, you want that foundation. I do. I get it. I like foundation. You want that foundation. I understand. I want to know why he's brutally foundation. murdering so many people. I want to know. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> by the way, okay, that being said, have you ever seen Memento? Yeah, I have, yes. Okay. Now, that was the very opposite. Did you like that movie? I did. Um because it's, it's because I wasn't expecting you 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 went in understanding that you wouldn't know the backstory, that you would right. learn the backstory as the movie went along. You would learn it. So you you know okay. they set the they set the scene pretty effectively. So I knew going into it, or I knew from the first couple of scenes that he was having a memory problem. All I was mm-hmm. going to know right now was his right now, and then we were going to slowly peel the onion back and see his his past. So I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. Um, but you're not okay with it for Mandy. Like I said, I like I said that's that's a to me it, maybe it is a big criticism, but it's a small criticism. In the, no, in, in the overall thing of the movie, I, I just think that they could have made his story more impactful. The, you know, him okay. him going that that level of rage and that level of ass whoop. Um, yeah. You know, not even a thought of 
let me get the police involved. Let me get the authorities involved. Not even a thought of what a normal person would, would do. It's mm-hmm. I'm going to build a, I'm going to build some type of weapon. I'm going to go and find right. some random dude that wasn't introduced before that scene and wasn't talked about again after that scene. Just, yes. just some random dude that just happens to have yes. your crossbow. So, yeah. so, <laughs> oh so okay, and, and okay. So <laughs> again, I, Pete, all I'm saying is this: maybe you should inspect what you expect. That's right. Because you were you were okay with it for Memento. You're not okay with it here. That's okay. Okay. Right. So let, let me ask you before we move yes. on, because I know. Uh, it, because let me just say, you were a little more fast and loose with uh, spoilers on Mandy than you were with uh, Hereditary. Oh, just was wanna I? Throw that, yeah, just want to throw that out there. I think you were, uh, to me, so that's an indication that you probably didn't care for the movie as much. And that's okay. We're not going to quarrel no. about this. Maybe it just got looser. Real... I just got faster and looser as, the, as it went on. I think, I think so, too. Okay, let me ask you another question then. Did Lauren watch it? No, it was just me. I watched it. She was, she was at that point, she had, was not feeling well. You know, she'd been sick for a couple of days. So I, like I said, I watched it over the last couple of days, that one and, and the other one. And so, okay. yeah, no, it was just me. Okay. I'm curious to see what she thinks of that picture. Okay. I'll, I'll have her watch okay. it. Sure. Okay. Very like good. I said, like I said, I, I, it is not a movie that I think is a waste of your time by any stretch. I definitely do not think oh. that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, two, two and a half means it's halfway to perfection to me. Yes. It's it's just yes. not quite there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, Pete, let me ask you another question. Yeah, what absolutely. is a waste of your time? What is a waste of your time? The waste a uh, waste of my time, if I was going to say, would be the 2016 B-list classic The Greasy Strangler. I think Whoa! <laughs> now we're going to quarrel. I think it's a grudge match now. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um what? so Dale threw in one more, just kind of off the cuff. Hey, you have to watch this movie, The Greasy Strangler. So I did, being a good boy that I am. I went and, and I looked it up and watched it. Again, 2016, the cast is, I don't think anybody that anybody would know. I think it's all just kind of a, um, I don't know, B, C list cast, whatever it may be. You know, It's just kind of an independent type picture. The description here is Ronnie runs a disco walking tour along with his browbeaten son, Braden, when a sexy, alluring woman named Janet comes to take the tour. It begins a competition between father and son for her attentions. It also brings about the appearance of an oily, slimy, inhuman maniac who stalks the streets at night and strangles the innocent, soon dubbed the Greasy Strangler. Yes. So, um, after I watched this movie, I'll start, I'll start, after I watched the movie, I went online and started reading yes. reviews, started reading like people talking about it because yeah. I wanted to see what people felt about it. And I think it was probably 50, 50. Mm-hmm. You either people thought it was brilliant or people thought it was the worst thing they'd ever seen. <laughs> I, 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 quite honestly. And, you know, and I, so I was encouraged by that actually, because then that, that would kind of tell us why you and I are so diametrically opposed in our opinions of this particular movie. Cause I, I found it, almost unwatchable, and I can tell that you love it. So why don't you start with what you loved about it? Okay. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I appreciate that. And now, yes. uh, P- Pete, let's, let's, let's take another step back. Okay, let's do I it. Wanna ask you, I want to ask you a couple questions. All right. Um, 
we grew up together. We did a lot of quoting of movies mm-hmm. together. I mean that, and that's a bonding thing. And that's right. It's just something that indicates this, you know, a cultural significance between friends, et cetera, et cetera. What's the last movie you've seen that you're able to quote with your friends? Be honest. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe the other guys with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Well, uh, yeah, I, I have. Uh, what year was that, and who are you? Quoting I think that that's with? probably 2010, and I quote it quite honestly. I quote it with everybody, but I don't know if I quote it with my friend. I don't know if I quote it with them or I just quote it at them because I think it's so damn brilliant that I just keep throwing it at them. Okay, so you are pushing that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, to me, it's uh, like it's like uh, Talladega Nights when you watch it. Oh, okay. If, if you watch it two or three, four, five, six times, it gets funnier and funnier and funnier. Yeah, uh, you know it's yeah, funnier it's like fi- on the fifth. Line. Yeah, it's funnier on the fifth watch than it was on the first. It's a, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. But okay, yeah. so now you're gonna say to me, hence why I threw in the whole uh, expert bullshit artist at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. You're gonna show me some of these quotable lines from the Greasy Strangler. Oh, that's what the entire movie <laughs> is is one big meme. I mean, there's so many ways to quote this because yeah. Uh, you know, everything from this ridiculous conversations to all of a sudden they start speaking German for no reason at all to, um, you know, the, the, it's literally toxic Avenger meets Napoleon dynamite, but I think it was beautifully shot. And okay. Think about this one for a second, Pete. If somebody came to you with this concept and they didn't make a movie before this, right? They came to you with a concept and they said, Hey, we need a $6 million. Or $10 million. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Uh, I would say no. Uh, <laughs> if they, if, I, if, right. I read the, if I read the script first, I would say no. <laughs> right. So somehow those guys were able to get enough money together to make a really nice looking movie. I mean, you could, there's seams in it and stuff like that you could see, but it's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't look like a cheap movie. And frankly, there's nothing about it that is, you know, you would say, oh man, that's like, uh, that is a poorly made movie, poorly constructed movie. Do you agree with that? It's it's at least a well constructed movie. I think that there are pieces of the. It is not the worst made movie I've ever seen. No, that is correct. It is not. Mm-hmm. I would <laughs> I would agree with you, and I'll be honest with you. I did feel like I knew I, I had a better understanding of those two people than I did about Red and Mandy. Oh, geez, we're going back to this. I'm just saying. Oh. I'm just okay. saying. <laughs> so you like character development. That's totally cool. I got it. I got, I'm okay with some mystery. Okay. I don't, yes. you know, I, I, you know, I don't need my, 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 I don't need to be spoon fed some of this stuff. I like to have some, some missing pieces so I can figure out some stuff or I put my stuff on those guys. That's so right. I'm even more part of it at, at some point, but okay. And that's fair. You like the, the character development. You like the arc. You like these, did you like these guys as people? Um, no, I would not say that I liked either one of those guys as a person. Um, and I would agree with you. I was going to, that's actually a line that I written down was that this is Napoleon dynamite 25 years after high school graduation. That's what this is. That's what that's what it felt like to me listening to Braden talk. Um, that's what they graduate to. Yes. Listening to Braden talk to his father and just talk in general. That's Mm -hmm. what it looked like to me. But no, I I did. I mean, believe me, I've said bullshit artist more than once in the last three days. So yes, you know yes. that part did. And I actually said uh, 
Rudy Tootie Turbo Cutie or whatever it was. <laughs> Rudy Tootie Disco Cutie. Disco Cutie. I said that yes. even a couple of times uh, because yes. they beat it into your head, you yeah. know, saying it 42 times in a row, literally 42 times in a row. And that whole scene yeah. with those three immigrant dudes talking about uh, over the <laughs> chips, the, the potato the chip, chips. Potato. What? I don't understand you. What Porto. type of chip are you talking? Potato. What? I Try one more time over and over and over again. For about nine minutes, they're trying to understand that the guy is saying potato, but he's Indian, I, I believe. And so he, he's saying potato, you know, whatever, and, and just a little bit off. It's like, oh, my God, when <laughs> yeah. is this scene going to end? It just, it just no, kept going. It, yes, that's what even more sweet because they just <laughs> run it. They, they, they've realized that film doesn't cost anything anymore. It's digital. So right. let's just keep rolling. And just see where it goes. And I, I love that part of it. Oh, okay, uh, Pete, let me ask you a question. Absolutely. Uh, is peeing private? Um, it depends on who you're peeing in front of. I, I, I don't think it's private to somebody, you know, like my wife or, or my kids. I don't care. I pee in front of them all the time. But mm -hmm. to somebody you've never met, probably. Yes. Okay. And in front of your son's girlfriend, it is probably frowned upon, correct? Yes. Okay, so again, when, and I'm saying that because in the line is, she's like, peeing is private. And of course, that becomes one of the other lines that carries away. Or when uh, Big Ronnie talks about, you know, I'm going to dunk my dog all the way in, mm -hmm. or I'm going to choke on this because it's not greasy enough. Or, I mean, I, I could go on and on and on and on. But let me ask you this. I, it sounds like you were really more offended by the frontal male nudity. No, I mean, I didn't see much of a purpose for them to walk around nude the whole time. But, um, you know, that, that that didn't bother me so much. Uh, you know, they were all naked. The whole cast was naked pretty much the entire <laughs> movie. I mean, bo bo both him and his father and the girl were, were naked the entire movie. There was no rhyme or reason to it. There was no <laughs> rhyme or reason to why they were naked all the time. Why, uh, why he is killing who he is killing. You know, he's out there greasy strangling people. There were a couple yes. of them that I understood why. You know, I understood why the hot dog vendor, I understood why the, the immigrants didn't understand why the pig nose guy, they were supposedly oh. friends, didn't understand why the guy at the car wash, they were friends. What, he just He's just losing it. He's just losing control now. And he's like, I'm just killing everybody. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't get it. But I, I wasn't, I guess I don't think I was supposed to get it. No, I, I don't know. And again, I think it's, it's just because they only so had the budget for so many characters. And so for him to continue to strangle people, he was going to have to strangle characters you've already seen. Could be. That absolutely could be. And yes, because if you notice, like at the disco, you remember when he takes uh, he takes her to the disco, mm -hmm. Janet, and he's he's disco dancing with her. And then uh, the guy from the movie theater earlier is then disco dancing with them. Right. So you're right. I think, you know, it could be a casting issue, but, but the bottom line is it's so fucking good because <laughs> they're, these guys are so outer space and like, like it, it, the whole thing. And those, those, those prosthetics for frontal nudity was like, it was like just shocking. <laughs> the thing was like, it was shocking. And the, half the comedy was them standing around naked, delivering these lines like, Wow, that's pretty just it's just so off the wall. Mm -hmm. The music, it was just really like awkward and uncomfortable and it just kind of like added to that uncomfortableness and you know the characters obviously were just ridiculous and then um I don't know, I like I said I love the whole aspect that it's a quotable movie and I don't think we've had anything like that since I'm going to go ahead and say since Talladega Nights. 
Okay. So what what did you, what do you give that on your Diamond Dale scale? Oh, what's Diamond the greasy strangle? Greasy strangler. Uh, it can't be better than Mandy. Come on. Oh no 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 no. If it's, it's if it's, if you say that movie's better than Mandy on your Diamond Dale scale, I'm throwing the scale out because obviously it doesn't okay. it has no value. Okay, I'm gonna say this is very specific genre. This is this is more comedy than horror. Yes. This. And it's, um, I'm, I, God, gee whiz, bang, zoom. If I had to put, put a, a number on it, I'm going to go with three and a half. 3.5 Diamond Dale scale. 3.5. You know what? No, no, no. Let, let me, I, I want to, hang on, everybody. I want to crank that up to 3.89. <laughs> right. Is that pie? What's pie? <laughs> I think full pie is like 4.12 something, something, right. something. Fine. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I agree that there is a, there is an audience for it. And, and I, yes. I validated that by looking online and I did see people who just thought it was brilliant. The same way that people thought Napoleon Dynamite was brilliant and I couldn't stand it. I'm not going to lie. I, I watched it and I did not like it. So. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't whoa, like Napoleon whoa, Dynamite whoa. Uh, at all. I, I I didn't get through the whole movie. Uh, so okay. how many t- you so you've never seen it all the way through? Not all the way through, no. Interesting. Uh, and how long has it been since it first came out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched it, you know, maybe a year after it, w- it had come out, and I just I didn't make it through. Which Ooh, is so we should we got to watch it now. Okay. Well, you know, which is the same thing as this one. If I, I I don't know that I would have made it through if I hadn't been doing it as as homework. I would not have watched it for longer than half an hour. Okay. And, what was your favorite part before you give us your? Diamond Dale. What was scale. my favorite part? What? My yeah. favorite part was when Jody, uh, the comes over and you know, Jody's the cop, right? And they call the cops on you know oh, his father Jody, yeah. being the greasy strangler, and Jody's yes. coming. You know the the cops are going to be here tomorrow, and his name is Jody. You know that's right. that's the way he talks. And then you right. see this long fingernailed hand come over the fence, and it's <laughs> him in a ridiculous costume. And these right. two dumbasses are too stupid to realize that it's the father. And then yes. again, they have that same incredible um, back and forth where he says, no more inquiries on this point. And then he asks another question, <laughs> no more inquiries on this point. But what do you think about no more inquiries on this point? And he just keeps doing it over and over yes. and over again. Like every scene, every scene was, yeah. I could have done with two of those and you went to mm-hmm. 12. You went 12 yes. of that. You said it 12 times. You know, yes. that, that Rudy Tootie, Disco Cutie, they said it 40 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in one scene, 40 times, just yes. kept saying it. And they were in different positions, mm-hmm. dancing around. And you you could have done it with with two. Two times would have been good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Jody was my because, favorite scene in the whole movie because just, just the ridiculousness. Somehow he, right. he makes a phone call and his dad is on the other end of the phone answering mm-hmm. it as the police. And then he comes mm-hmm. in dressed up as Jody. And of course, mm. why is his name Jody? Who knows? Why is his name Jody? With these, <laughs> with knows? these ridiculously long fingernails, and he's trying to pose himself off as a, a policeman. Embraces, embraces, and obvious dentures because his teeth are falling out of his mouth as he's talking. Yes. Uh, and he hasn't really changed his look. He just put sunglasses on. His his white shoulder length hair is still there. <laughs> it's it's super ridiculous. That's probably my favorite right. scene in the whole movie. I'll be honest with you. That that's probably it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's fair. And then and then the tone change at the end. There was such a yes. weird tone change at the end. I, yeah. I I would be remiss if I didn't point that out because you're you're right. going through in a certain way. And I don't even mind that 
when Braden becomes the second Greasy Strangler, what they end up doing together. I don't even mind that because they, they had kind of led you to believe it was going to go a different way. And then when he got there, he actually did what he did. You know, right. what, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to give the spoilers away. Uh, yes. You told me I was too loose with Mandy. So Yes. Um, oh, I'm sad now. <laughs> anyway, that so, was a bummer. Yeah, right. So, the, But then he, you know, then they go off on this, I don't know what they're doing, a camping trip? I don't know what that is. <laughs> They're just yeah. walking through the woods covered in grease. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. So yeah, I was just confused by most of it. I'll be honest. There were, there were individual little pieces of it that I thought were, I giggled once in a while. I actually yeah. got more entertainment out of it the last half hour because Christina walked in and she sat down and she goes, what the fuck is this? What am I watching? <laughs> and, oh my God. And that gave me more enjoyment, quite honestly. That, that's what got me through the last half hour was hearing her. Yeah guffaw and scoff yeah and try to why are you turning yeah. this off it's like because dale wants me to watch it and so then she had yeah. to shut up so it was oh great oh my god Dude, it was now, excellent. now she has to watch it because now, now she'll be confused if she doesn't see the beginning exactly right so um yes so that's what happened i would give the greasy strangler um yeah. like i said there is a there is an audience for it i am not yes. in, among those people who, who was in the audience? I would give that Greasy Strangler a 0.75 diamond scale. Whoa! Ho, ho, ho! I, I did not. Second, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I'm Hold telling you what. The, the Greasy Strangler Eight. made me think that Mandy was more like a four and a half. I mean, now, wait a in, minute. In, in between Pete. the two. Go ahead. Oh! Okay, okay. Look, look. Now, okay, so. If, if say five is excellent, yes, zero is absolute incompetence. That's right. Two two point five is average and comp, competent average yes. and entertaining, etc. Yes. This is okay. And so one, you're saying it's a below a one. If I if I would not have finished it, then it's below a one. I finished a lot of terrible movies. I finished them, and I consider well, oh, that's a one. Yeah, but I would not have finished that movie if it if. I had if it hadn't been not for this. If it really? hadn't been for this, I would not have finished it. Um, oh my god, that is shocking! Uh, I'm telling you, I that would... is shocking. <laughs> oh my god! But I, oh. but I'm, I'll be honest, it wasn't for me. But I get why some people like it. That's the truth. I do get why people okay. would like it. Uh, it just wasn't something for me. I didn't okay. like it. Okay, okay. Forget your likes for a minute. Yes. In terms of your your taste. From a competency level, let's just say we're doing a competency scale. This is a well-crafted movie from zero to five. Once again, nothing to do with the. T- this is all the everything from editing, sound, the acting, uh, script, whatever you want to say in terms of a competent movie. What would you What would you rate it then? Uh, in terms of the competence of the people making the movie, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a three. Okay, so that's above average. I think it's competent. Fantastic. It was con- it was fine. It was that you could tell that, like I said, they had a budget. They had, they did the best they could with the budget they had. It, yes. Like I said, it wasn't the. I've seen worse shot movies. Hell, I've seen worse acted movies. But uh, of course, you have. Yeah, I mean, for sure. So we all have. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I said, it was right. really more just. I don't know. It didn't. It did not connect with me. And uh, okay. And there was only so much of 
the you know something about Greece just makes me na- sick. You know, thinking about cooking, <laughs> of course thinking about cooking things in Greece just makes me sick, and and I was just feeling nauseous about the whole thing. It was just nasty. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. Everything about that the whole is movie was there. uncomfortable. Yeah. Having to, whole, exactly. Having the to see that guy swinging cock the whole time was uncomfortable. I don't want to see swinging that. Swinging cock, time. even and when they're wearing clothes, how uncomfortable do they look while they're wearing? The yes. Clothes? Yeah. I mean, everything about it is uncomfortable. You got to be, you got to be comfortable with your sexuality and be comfortable with watching things that are uncomfortable to be comfortable with this picture. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Sure. I, I just, you know, whatever. I just didn't see, I didn't see the point. I didn't see the point to it. Um, okay. Like I said, I saw the point to Mandy. I got it. I just, I had little, again, it might've sounded like it was more than that, but I had small mm-hmm. critiques of Mandy. I think Mandy could have just done a little bit better to give me a little bit more as to why he wanted to do what he did. And, mm-hmm. and that's it. I think if, yes. if they had taken that, that little bit, but the director to me seemed like an art student who wanted to mm-hmm. make it visually stunning. And it was mission accomplished. Right. And I mean, it was visually stunning. Uh, yeah, hell, definitely if, don't. If, if you were high, about, if you're high watching that oh, movie, it, it is a it's a seven. I mean, it's it'd be amazing. Oh. Yeah, it's over. It's, it's it's over the top. It's over the top. Or what did I say at the wedding? It was we're beyond Saturn. That's right. Or whatever the hell it was. But no, seriously, uh, I, I agree with with all that, and I just think that uh, that Mandy. Oh shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm a jerk. Forget it. Keep going. Oh okay. Well, no, that, that, that's really all I got. I mean, so just as a recap, I think we both we both liked um, Hereditary. You gave, I yes. gave it a, I think I gave it a four. Didn't I give it a four? Yes. And you gave it a yes. four, something like that. Uh, we yes. both gave it a four on the Diamond Dale scale. I would definitely yes. recommend it. Uh, I would even recommend yeah. Mandy. I don't not recommend Mandy. Personally, like I said, I just had some small critiques to it, but it is, it does have a lot to offer. It is, I think, Nick Cage's, uh, probably one of his better roles that I've seen him in in a long time. And, you know, yes. and he does hundreds of movies. So you'd think every now and then yes. he's going to find one. Um, yeah. But I, but I think that role, that type of role really fits him because he didn't have to say a lot, quite honestly. Yes. It wasn't him talking a lot. It's like mm. one of those Keanu Reeves movies where he's always better when he doesn't talk and he just, he's just mm. physical. Uh, yes. so Nick, even though Nick can, can deliver a line, you know, like when that guy mm-hmm. cut in the same, and they had that fight scene in that, in Mandy mm-hmm. where he cut his shirt, he's like, that's my favorite shirt, you know, something silly, yep. silly like that in the middle of a fight. But so yep. he did a good job in the movie. The movie overall was yeah. very aesthetically pleasing. I, small critiques on that one. I think that's a, a mm-hmm. 2.5. Hell, I'll even give it maybe a three. I mean, it's not a bad movie. Uh, it just had some, some holes that I think could have been filled. You were much more into that movie. You gave it a what a four point two, something like that. Yes, four point two yes. on the Diamond Dale scale. Yes, uh, and then we varied wildly on the Greasy Strangler. You thought yes. that the Greasy Strangler was a you know four point something. What'd you say? You said three point. Yeah. You said three point eight nine. Three point eight nine for the Greasy yes. Strangler. I thought that the Greasy Strangler would be lucky to get one Diamond Dale. Uh, fake scale, news. fake news. Um, but that's okay. Mm. So, like I said, mm. it has it has an audience. They're just not mine. So, mm-hmm. um, before we go, then Dale, because we're right here at the hour. Yes. Anything else that you'd yes. like to add about anything we've said so far tonight? 
No, I did remember what I was going to tell you about. Um, you know, I know you you said, look, this this, this the aesthetic of mm-hmm. Mandy just did match the story. Uh, and that reminds me of this other picture that same kid did. He did one called uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Yes. And that was even more like just uh, like super modern kind of like uh, just this really bizarre Oh, it's all aesthetic and, you know, the story. I think there's only two or three characters in the whole picture. But anyways, um, the uh, that, that one was something you should definitely, if you didn't like this one, stay away from that one. But I'm <laughs> concerned about this uh, Napoleon Dynamite situation. I feel like you're missing out on an opportunity. Um, I am willing to watch Napoleon Dynamite and you and I will get together on our next version and uh, we will do a critique of Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. How about that? We'll we'll put a yes. we'll, we'll throw a couple more in there too, just because three seems like a good number for the time yes. for the time limit. Yes. And uh, we'll do a couple. We'll do we'll do a couple of movies that are similar to that one, or you know, comedies maybe, and um, and then we'll we'll do that critique. I'm totally fine with that. Right on. All right. Well, speaking of totally fine, I think I just wanted to take this opportunity to say, uh, Sweet Pete, you're a real Rudy Tootie disco cutie. Oh, I appreciate and that. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the highest compliment a guy could get, I think. Oh, I bought no. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it and put it in my uh, my heart shaped box and keep it for a, a cloudy day. Awesome. Uh, that'll be great. Well, I'm going to let you. You hang. You hang around here with me for a second. I'm just going to say to everybody there, uh, everybody out out in listening land, what do you think? You know, uh, have you seen these movies? Have you seen Hereditary, Mandy, or The Greasy Strangler? Do you have any thoughts about it? Who's who's closer in your mind? Do you think that Dale here on this diamond scale, um, these are obviously three, three movies that he really enjoyed, or or do you feel more like me, who I, I you know definitely liked one of them a lot, the other one I liked, and then the one I did not like at all. It is what it is. How do you feel about that? I mean, you can contact us on our email address. It's provemewrongcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a message for us on Facebook or Instagram. Prove Me Wrong is the name. You can just search either one of those sites and you will find us. If you're just looking to find the the podcast itself, you can go on really any podcast app that um, that you use. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio. Uh, really, again, anything that you find podcasts, you can find the, tune, uh, the Prove Me Wrong podcast. Like and subscribe. You'll be the first person to get notified when we have new content. We have a new show release every week. So we're also on YouTube. That's what I'm on right now. If you can look right here, there's a like and subscribe scroll at the bottom of the page. Like and subscribe to the page. You will be notified when the next Prove Me Wrong podcast is released. I do want to say before we go, uh, thank you so much again to Dale. Dale Baker, uh, media mogul, film school dropout, (laughs) (laughs) apparently. Uh, Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. None. Uh, Thank you very much. No doubt. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was good to chat with you as usual, brother. Absolutely. But you know, you provided some additional insight to the movies. Maybe, maybe appreciate them a little bit more. I'll I'll give you that. Um, So I do want to say before we go, once again, this episode of the Prove Me Wrong podcast was brought to you by our friends at Zendozone Citronella Burners from JT Eaton. They're shaped like fearless little bug repellent tiki gods. Let Surf and Stan, Hawaiian Howie, and Luau Lily bring the islands to your backyard with Zendozone Citronella Burners. Zendozone uses natural 3% citronella candles 
and incense cones. They're perfect for patios, decks, backyards, campsites, poolsides, and more. You can uh, enjoy the outdoors again. They are available on Amazon and at select Ace Hardware stores, so go ahead and collect them all today. So once again, I'm Pete Lieb with Dale Baker here, my buddy. Dale! Doing a little uh, movie review. We'll be back with another movie review in a couple of weeks. We'll do uh, Napoleon Dynamite and others, so stay tuned to that. So uh, once again, for the Prove Me Wrong podcast, we'll talk to you again soon.